0: This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.
1: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up.
0: I'm ready to party! Good! You can't fight in here. This is the war room.
1: Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I think the question is, how interested in paradoxes would you be if you travelled back in time? Oh,
0: we'll see. I wouldn't want to kill somebody.
1: Like, you want to go back and kill Hitler.
0: But, like, at what point would you kill Hitler? Because exactly. They always go, oh, they go back and they kill, like, baby, baby. Hitler. And you're like, yeah, but then you're killing a baby. Or how about if you just go back in time and just give him, like, the damn art school, like...
1: Degree. <laughs> a degree? Did he, did he go? Or
0: did he get rejected? He got rejected from art school. just let didn't him like in. His art was very pedestrian. Just let him in. And then, yeah. But then, I don't know, the whole, I don't know. I've grew up with all these sorts of things, uh, like on the films, and you just sort of feel like, it's like The Simpsons. You step on a bug and everything, and you come back and it's raining Mm. donuts.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, (laughs) you never know, you never know.
1: Um, so welcome to his <coughs> film, her movie. We Ooh. are a film podcast that takes a subject or theme, then we both pick a film on it and then discuss it. I'm Jordan. I'm Lauren. And I think those are nice introductions. Do, what, you know? I
0: said my name. I said yeah. I don't know if I kill baby Hitler. Yeah, it was a great introduction. Yeah.
1: Such a nice first impression. <laughs>
0: But we should we should say we are a day late.
1: We are a day late. Because in Jordan
0: had an exam. I had
1: an exam with work which has <clears is> took <throat> over my life over the last 2 weeks. It's the fact great that I've fun. been able, the fact that I've been able to get two podcasts out over the last 2 weeks has been amazing. It really has. Cuz it is just ridiculous. However, that's done. I may have passed, I may not have passed, but I cannot worry about it now.
0: No, it's it's in the past. Would you turn back time and do it again?
1: Only when I've read the answers. Okay. So I'll, I'll let I'll let future go so I know the answers and come right back and then maybe get a better mark if I fail. I don't care if Yeah, but I then you're passed. going back
0: in time. What happens if somebody, like, something changed and it was a different question?
1: But exactly. So I don't I don't care if I pass There's by so 0.5 of a mark because it's, it's literally just a pass and fail. Nobody knows what you get anyhow, so...
0: As long as you pass, yeah. As
1: long as I pass... So, talking about time, talking about all these paradoxes and uh, implications, <clears throat> this week we are doing time travel movies. Yes, we are. And that's sort of to coincide with the release of Bill and Ted Face the Music, um, a certain type of time travel film. Mm-hmm. and we, we can get into the different types because I actually think... We've both chose two very different ways that you can actually take time travel as a story mechanism and explore it.
0: I think it's quite amusing, though. Um, Spoilers. Bill and Ted in the new one, they go forward in time. Yes. And in the previous one, they went past. And in my film, I go forward in time. And in yours, you go back.
1: Yeah, that is very true. Look at me. Very...
0: Creating connections, <laughs> like I
1: did this on purpose. So I might as well say that we are a <clears> podcast <throat> of Pod Syndicate. Yes, um, a group of podcasts out there, including Chins Rocker versus Punter, Film Bastards, What's on Tap.
0: Were you going to say his film? Haven't? I was actually We're <laughs> we uh, also in it.
1: Just the, so you the know, The Iron Sequel, Entertainment Landfill, just to name a few. Yes. Nice but, little group. Yeah, nice little group. So go, you can go over to wearepodsyndicate.com and check all those other podcasts out. Mm-hmm. So, time travel movies. Let's tell the fine folk at home what we're discussing this week. So what film did you choose?
0: I picked 13 going on 30.
1: The <laughs> Gary Winnick movie?
0: It is the 2004 Gary Winnick
1: movie. And quite... Hilariously, I also chose a 2004 movie.
0: Oh, it's time, also, sort of like
1: which is matching up. Yeah, um, and that is Shane Carruth's Primer, and mm-hmm. um, a low-budget sci-fi film. Um, but also, it's just interesting that like two time travel films came out on the, in the same year and are just totally, totally different. Very, very different. Um, which one do you want to go with first?
0: Uh, ladies first.
1: Ladies first, let's go with 13 going on 30.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, hi, this is Jenna, and I'm looking for Matt. And I don't know if you're the right Matt, but if if you used to live on Spruce Street and if your favorite shirt is the Grey velour one, then I need to speak to you right now, please. Hello, hello, hello. You know what? I got none of that. Um, if you're here from Ming Gardens, ring twice. If not, I really don't want it.
1: You're not Chinese. Matt? Yeah.
0: You're tall. You're different.
1: Yeah. You don't know me? It's oh, so weird because yesterday you were there. But the thing is, it wasn't yesterday because I'm not 13. Jenna. Yes. Jenna Ring.
0: Yes. Matt, it's me. <gasps> Okay, so 13 going on 30, like we said, was the 2004 Gary Winnick film starring Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, Judy Greer and Andy Serkis. And it follows Jennifer Garner, um, Jenna, who is a 13-year-old girl at the very start of the film and she makes a wish to become 30, or as she calls it, um, 30 flirt, what was it? 30
1: 30 and And thriving, yes.
0: I can't say my thuds tonight. (laughs) So she makes and so then she wakes up the next day and she's 30, but she has no recollection of going through her teenage years and her 20s. She's just brain of a 13 year old in the brain of a 13 year old in a body of a 30 year old woman. Yes, it's like big,
1: it is, it's exactly like big,
0: it's like exactly like big, but with. Girls. Yes. This is the girl version. Of I effect. can
1: pretty much say that that was the pitch when they went to the studio. <laughs> is I have the script and it's big with a girl.
0: Bigs with a girl. Uh, so first off, it's hilarious that a 13 year old wants to be 30. Because although I am enjoying my 30s, I think I'd still rather be in my 20s. Yes.
1: <laughs> true.
0: Um, now, I, I, I picked this film because as soon as you said time travel, I was like... I'm gonna pick this one. It's so different um, compared to quite a few of the other ones that I liked. Um, like you said, Bill and Ted, like Butterfly Effect, all of those, and I like that because it kind of looks like a, a, a. It kind of looks at a different aspect of it. A lot of those is where you move forward or you move backwards in time and you retain that knowledge. Mm-hmm. What I liked about this was. She goes forward in time, but she has no knowledge at all. Yeah, it's always the thing where you see people say, like, "If you picked up a peasant from the medieval times and moved them into this, what would be amazing to them?"
1: Uh, yeah, it's like this. For example, you're you're a thirty year old woman, but you don't actually have any sort of abilities to be an actual adult.
0: No. Um <clears throat> And of course it was the 80s when she was 13 and then to go to the early noughties, just the technological differences yeah. um, where we get a little bit of a joke where she thinks that she's hearing things. It's actually a tiny mobile phone. Yes. Which of course. A flip phone. Flip phone. Loved a flip phone. Um, so yeah, it goes. it goes through that and um Flow plays matt who is her childhood best friend but when she tracks him down she realizes that they're not friends anymore they actually became they actually uh separated separated became just didn't know each other anymore yeah. there's uh, judy greer who is lucy who's one of the six chicks one of the really cool girls yeah. i sound like such a nerd saying that She was such a cool girl Uh back in school. And they work together.
1: Yep.
0: And um, with that, it's quite nice because when you get the three of them together, they still have the childhood dynamic in there. So Lucy's still a bully. She's still a mean girl. She's still not very nice to Matt. Um, Matt is just kind of letting everything wash over him, thinking, I wish to God I really wasn't here. Whilst Jenna is sitting there just panicking about the fact that she is... Thirty, and she has no idea what's happening. Yeah. Um. But with that, I, I kind of wanted to know what because you said that you hadn't seen this in quite a while.
1: Quite a while. This was a film. I mean, whilst I was back at university, I worked in a video shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were well, DVDs at that time. And
0: it wasn't the video shop, but it's a quick stop or anything. No,
1: no. Although to be honest, I had the same clientele. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, it was one of those where, I mean, I was 2004 when I started there, so this actually came out as a new <coughs> release. And people used to come in and say, Do you know what? This was actually really good. And I was mm-hmm. like, Looking at, the, at this, the front cover. Oh, it looks like trash. And it was just like, Really? No. And to be honest, it was probably maybe a year or so before, when I was, whilst I was working, I just put it on and sort of watched it in passing. And it seems like, Do you know what? This actually isn't all that bad. It has some qualities that I kind of enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I kind of like the whole sort of. It being a parable of, like, peer pressure and, and acceptance and knowing that the your youth can define you if you let it. Yes. However, there was part of this movie which just made no sense to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I want to see if it's the same as what I got annoyed at.
1: Um, I mean, one... I mean, there's, there's many different aspects of this that, that don't make sense to me. There's one where... um. I mean, it's it's a spoiler for the movie, but you you're building up to all this sort of um, Lucy and Jenna doing these presentations about mm-hmm. how the magazine that they both work for could go in the future. It's like yeah. it's this thing was it's a redesign, it's, it's a it's a reimagining of what they're what, gonna what do toys. and what approach, yeah. And both of the presentations were absolutely horrendous. Oh
0: yeah, they were both. Utter bollocks! Um, but, I loved the whole uh, heroine chic.
1: But yeah, but it's not. It's like, like even Jenny's where the, there was applause and like massive adoration given to it, and it was a terrible presentation with terrible pictures. Yeah, it was. So you couldn't actually, as an audience member, understand why people were reacting the way they were. But it's not.
0: They
1: were mean, desperate. It, it, they were going to lose their jobs. It, it, it's. I it, it's. It's. It's a. Very, very paint-by-numbers movie. Now that sometimes mm-hmm. isn't a negative because sometimes the formula is there for a reason. Cliches, cliches exist because they work, yeah, if used well. And this sort of didn't. Whilst I was watching it, some of it did, some of it didn't. But for for example, there is there's a there's a set piece early on in the movie where. They're at a party Mm -hmm. and Jenna starts dancing to Thriller. Yes. Right. For me, that's a third act, big moment. You treat that as... Oh,
0: like a a saving grace sort of moment. Yes.
1: It it sort of felt so awkward and then nothing ever happened regarding it.
0: No, they never got any more business. They never got any more press. My favourite bit about that, and I pointed it out whilst we were watching it, was that um macroflow is blatantly counting his steps. So mm. if you watch him, he's like, even when he gets into it, you still see his fo- face and he's like, right, what do I do next? What do I do next? And then I actually wrote down Andy Circus is my favorite thing in that because he goes into full RADA moment yeah, yeah. and gives it his all. He's got like full like actor face taking it very very seriously but yeah I completely agree it is something that you'd expect more to be towards the
1: end yeah like like that is the moment where say for example Matt and Jenna realize, realize like realign and realize and things like that it's that is the moment where yet you have the connection mm-hmm. and it just feels so weird to have it so early on it's like yeah so that didn't make sense this is the start of the script, especially when she does switch it to the older body, it's very, I'm going to tell you this because this is your life now. And it's say, like, so basically it sets up the situation. And it's mm-hmm. sometimes that can be done well, so you don't really understand, you don't spot it, but it's so obvious at the same This is the situation now. This is who you are. This yeah. This is what you do. This is. Your beliefs, etc.
0: I know, but at the same time, we're not the target audience. This is very much a tween Oh, absolutely. Film.
1: And that's why I think. The youth will probably get a lot out of it and get get to see the silly aspect of, do you know what What would I act like whilst being in my 30s? Yeah. But, yeah. but it's just looking back now as a bit of an older older man. An old man. An old man. That <laughs> some of the things just didn't ring true.
0: Yeah, and at the same time as well, we're also looking back at it from... I often find as soon as an early noughties film comes out, it's very easy to date it Mm. straight away. Because technology, social media, and everything was moving so quickly at that point. You know, as soon as you see her phone, that is early noughties, that's filmed like 2003. Mm. No later. Yeah. Because then by 2004, phones had already changed. Whereas now, you literally just... Oh, I'm sorry, I know you love an iPhone. They all look the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do. And unless you get an, a close-up of somebody's phone, you can't tell which generation iPhone that is. If somebody starts using an iPod Nano, you're like, that's like post-2010. Yeah. But it's like in the... that That's like at least a good 10 years old sort of thing. So that, that's it. You get to a certain point where things like that do um <clears throat> so i kind of date very easily and make it a lot harder to s- suspend disbelief mm. um my other thing was this is obviously filmed way before any kind of me too movement
1: well, absolutely. and there's
0: parts of it that just make me oh my skin crawl 7 minutes in heaven who thought it would be a good idea to put a blindfolded teenage girl into a closet, and then go, "Yeah, guy's gonna come in here and do whatever he wants to you." That is literally the line that yeah. they say, and they thought, "Oh, lucky me!"
1: No, that's called sexual assault. I know, but I think I think that like stuff like that even actually happened. You know what I mean? That's not yeah. the thing they made for the film. Yeah, it it, it is bizarre.
0: There's the, also um the other part that I really I. You know it's early th- early noughties. There's thongs on show at that party. Yes. Thongs on show. Oh, my God. There's a big thing about yeah, wearing thongs. It's sort thongs. of like,
1: a, the over the hip thongs with low-riding jeans.
0: Oh, really, really good. Really just not good. But also, um, comments that Andy Circus sort of makes are highly inappropriate. Talking about how they look and how they look delicious and... Slaps him on the bum and yeah I think, yeah, well, I
1: think no, no, that's not the... It's, just, it's the representation of that overly gay but the, character. But
0: it's never addressed. It is. He, at the very the end,
1: end. end. And
0: he does not answer.
1: True, true. It is
0: kept ambiguous. All he says is he asks if Matt is Martha or Arthur. Explains it means gay. And she goes, well, are you gay? And he just laughs. That's it. He doesn't say anything else.
1: It, it is weird though, because Andy Serkis' face is so strange in this film. And He's this is like. He's
0: lately dyed his beard and his oh, hair. Th- his it's hair. so but, dark. But, but this
1: is like, for me, 2000, or well, from 99 to maybe 2001, 2002, <clears> he <throat> was finishing Brawl of the Rings. He was doing this. He's been the biggest franchise in the world. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it, yes, it was him, but you didn't really see his face. No. Um. Although he was really much part of that performance and um, with the mocap. Mm-hmm. But it just feels so off kilter. I mean, Andy Sergis is a genuinely amazing actor. Oh, he's
0: brilliant. Like he's just, just, He plays so many different characters, yeah. his accents, his voice, everything.
1: It just seems like some of the quality acting-wise, like getting Ruffalo. Like Ruffalo looks not only out of like awkward in the dance, but he looks awkward delivering some of his lines. He because looks He looks just...
0: awkward throughout the whole. Because I, I
1: just think he's thinking, "This is a paycheck. I'm doing this because." Do you
0: think that they just let him wear like his own clothes? Probably. He was like, "I'm going to turn up in just a pair of trainers and like, um, or oh, what, what was it, army pants or whatever uh, yeah. it was. I'm just going to wear that. Is that okay? Great.
1: That's it, yeah. And um, I mean, to be honest, Jennifer Garner is normally a. She has a presence and a vibe that I don't really enjoy. However, Mm -hmm. especially at the start of the movie when she switches, I kind of dug it. I I found her funny and sweet and charming. However, that sort of wears off after a while and just becomes annoying. Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't understand why Matt would fall for her.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote this down because... Okay, this is the other thing that I... Really want films, and I'm really hoping that they are now stopping to do pitching women against other women. We don't need this. Surprisingly enough, I don't hate the women I work with. They're amazing. We're not in any kind of competition. Stop putting us in competition with each other. We know yeah. like that. But you meet Wendy, who is Matt's fiance. Yeah. And she comes out, and the minute she speaks, you are set up to be like, she's a cow, don't like her. Yeah. Do you know why? Because when he says she's an anchor woman, she goes, no, no, anchor person. Yeah. And he, and that is led you to go, don't like her, look at her, come up Absolutely. with the, all this. Actually, the, she was ahead of her time. Yes, it should be anchor person, because it doesn't matter who you are. You can oh, be yeah. the anchor of anything. And then... The other thing that it makes you try and look down on her is that she wants him to move from New York to Chicago. Her job is in Chicago. She's obviously getting paid a lot of money because she's flying backwards and forwards from New York every weekend to go and see him. And she says that she's like a... Me- she's like... She just like the weather or something. I don't know. But, um, I'm, yeah, I'm 99% certain that she does she like the weather and all that. That means she's got... She's a meteorologist, which means that she is... Educated.
1: I mean, she seems the, educated and she seems like she wants. But he's the a best photographer, him, and yeah. I'm not
0: saying photographers aren't educated. I'm not saying that they don't deserve good money for doing a good job or anything like that. But it is a career that is very flexible with where you work. He's. She's not asking him to go to the arse end of nowhere where there'll be nothing to f- photograph. She's asking him to go to Chicago, another big yeah. city where there will be. Fashion and everything else
1: for him to do. And for, and for, for me, the only the only other thing that I want to mention, probably my final thing, is just that direction-wise, it is so bland to watch. Like, everything is so flat, and there's no interesting choices of the way to film it. Like, there's no, no. flourishes. It's, it looks like TV. It's yeah, very it much tripod, either on a dolly or some sort of um, track. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Minimal movement, minimal sort of, of anything, and it just sort of like I was watching and just like do you know what, my eyes are tired just from, <laughs> my eyes are tired the from boredom of, uh, of the visual of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's me doing.
0: Um, the last thing I was saying was that um she could get back because she got the house and she made a wish to go back to being thirteen. And do you know why that is believable? Because glitter sticks around. Forever. I fully believe that a house covered in the amount of glitter that they put on in the beginning would definitely still be covered in glitter twenty summer <laughs> years later. Because this house still's got glitter in it, and I bet you it's from like Christmas. Still finding glitter. Um but I do have some fun facts. Cool. Okay, um so my Um, what I did like is I know you found her very annoying, Jennifer Garner, Mm -hmm. but she actually spent time with a lot of teenagers to try and get mannerisms down, to get to understand it more, which I feel like does come across quite well. She does act very young and she does act like a teenager. So I thought, okay, method acting. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Um, 13 minutes into the film. Jennifer Garner is 30. Right. So I like that. I thought that's quite no, cute. That's quite good. And um, in Poise, which is the magazine, all the pictures um, of Jennifer Garner with celebrities were all taken for the film. So celebrities actually came and posed for them and uh, got them. Which, when you look back, some of them are like, oh, I'm not posed pose with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at you, Giuliani. <laughs> so... But there you go. I just thought that I, I like that little one. I thought that was cute.
1: Awesome. Well, we'll take a short break and then we will be back with my pick, Primer. I just want to know what box you used. You built the one for you, right? Just the one. Yeah. How many do you think I made?
0: And these are set right. Uh, I turned them on at five. He could have used one and gone back to five. He could be in one of them right now. I say we shut him off and see if he's in there. Were you planning on talking to him? Just tell me if you were. I'm not going to be mad. Just tell no, me. No, I promise you. You know I wouldn't. Are you sure you wouldn't? You're the one who can't get near without passing out. There's no way I would tell anyone about this. No way. Can you think of any reason that you might? No, well, I can't. Sometimes we do things, you know. We don't know how we got stuff. No, no, I can't. Can't what? I can't think of any reason why I would. I can't
1: either. So Primer, Shane Carruth's 2004 film, it tells the story of Abe and Aaron, who are two engineers, um, who are building a machine that we don't really know anything about at the beginning. Everything that's discussed about it is sort of shrouded in mystery, and mostly talking about the the issues, trying to get the machine to work and things like that. Mm -hmm. However, we find out that what it is, is something that, displaces gravity yeah now um, we see that in a scene but however what what else we see is that it also the find has a time to displace people from time
0: I didn't understand the displacing gravity bit I just wrote down it made the weeble lighter yes <laughs> sorry
1: um so yeah it has um uh, the creator time machine and um, mm-hmm. with two it's a time machine with two ends an a, a end and a b end and depending on which one you come out and go out with um come out of and go in is where you basically are coming out um it is a very complicated film yes um, and i think that is for a reason this film was made, I think, for $7,000. So Shane Carruth is very much of a one-man band. So he wrote it, he directed it, he edited it, he did the music for it. He did, it literally was a one-man band. This guy was completely the creative force of this movie. Yeah. And his second movie, I think he did the same, which is called Upstream Colour, which is equally great. And is
0: it as complicated?
1: Yes, it's a bit more abstract. So, yeah, it's more yes, complicated. Yeah. But he's only made two films since since then. Okay. And I think he's retired from filmmaking now. Because um, it's just... For an independent filmmaker like him, who is making very small budget stuff, it's quite hard to get funding, quite hard to try and get your films made, especially when you are as... Niche. Niche and so interested in owning your vision. Mm-hmm. But Primer... Why do I love Primer.
0: It's really good, like under your makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, I kept doing, that was. I actually said to you, "Is it primer? Is it like the makeup? Or have I spelt this wrong?" Or
1: no, it is probably exactly like <laughs> the makeup. But what I like about it is that it, it's a time travel film that takes the actual concept of time travel seriously, mm-hmm. and it gives itself its own restrictions. Sticks to it, but it also feels like... I mean, Shane Carruth was an engineer. He was like a mathematician and studied that sort of stuff. So the jargon that's involved feels very... Real. Real, and like something that they would use. And yes, sometimes that's papering over cracks, saying that these people are more intelligent than us, but it does a good job of doing that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so... It, it feel it's a very precise film, and as I said it's it's a very mathematical film. It feels like it's put together with noughts and ones, not with the feeling in your heart. you know what I mean it, yeah it's, it's it feels quite cold, but it, I think that is definitely the vibe that they're going for mm-hmm. And <clears throat> some of the best things about this film is just that everything seems to work. like the restrictions that they give and the explanations that they do everything works in unison. And then as the story unfolds and as we understand a bit more of the mystery and of what's actually happening, then things really do open up and you understand the the complexity of the storytelling that Shankar is doing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I loved it. What do you think?
0: Okay, so it was very complicated. Yeah. I feel like when you were telling me about it, you made it sound a lot worse, okay, than what it actually was. So it was heavy, and we what time we, we I was it was late, it, it was late. Like, I'm an old lady, I go to bed at 10. This sort of finished at my bedtime, so I was like, a bit tired by the time it finished. Um, what I kind of liked about it was, um. Yeah, like they stuck to the, the, the whole thing. There was the rules and everything about it. Um, I, just, I, I, I got a little bit lost.
1: So that's understandable, I, I because think. Because
0: at the start, it was like Abe, and he worked it out, and then he came back. And then by the end, it wasn't abe who first who who was coming back it was aaron who was coming back and aaron knew what was happening all the time um but like he came back and then he got the other him to like leave yeah is there always a double in the box I wrote that down Yeah, I mean,
1: it's it's interesting because generally what you've got here is you've got two different things. So you understand, you find out that there's two boxes within that um, storage container. So Aaron goes in one, Abe goes in the other. Now, what we understand is that they can't go back further in time than when they created the box. No, which is fair uh, enough. Sort of, I don't really want to get into the the nitty and gritty of it all because it's kind of boring to listen to. But... um, so but then you understand that Abe or yeah, Abe created a fail safe box in another, another thing, thing. Which upstairs. has been running constantly. Yep. So if anything did happen or anything, you can get into that box, travel back to when they created when the first got in it and then prefer that and that never happened. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that Aaron finds out, uses that mm-hmm. fail safe box Goes back in time, so therefore he's always now, always, always going to be one step ahead of Abe. Yeah. And yeah, it, it becomes this sort of the story of.
0: Because then um, they're also trying to like stop a murder.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, but, but that's one of the reasons why they sort of the go back round, and they have to do, um take not take not kill, but like
0: they take to, they take the things they, out the
1: shotgun and, and everything, they put, but, and then they sort of. Aaron puts his version up in the loft and Abe gasses the, one of his versions and puts him in a closet. So that's who we see come out at the end. Uh, okay. But it ends up that basically at the end of the film there's two Abes and there's three Arons. Um, and we, we so see one of the Aarons who goes yeah. off and that's when we see basically him trying to engineer a large scale version of this time machine.
0: Yes, yeah, he was trying to do. Okay, yeah, it was hard.
1: It, yeah, don't be wrong; it is hard. And the thing is, there is some really, really good things on YouTube that are like animated and
0: explain it it.
1: explains everything. Okay,
0: go to YouTube, watch the explanation, then watch the film, and then you'll totally
1: see. I'd rather watch the film and try and understand it first. No, it's like because cause you think then you get the then you get the shock and the surprise of when you see Aaron with... when you
0: said there's three Aarons, I was like, is there? I yeah. thought there was only one left.
1: No, three Arons. Completely errands, yeah. wrong.
0: And I watched. I, I, all right, my phone had one percent battery throughout the whole list. I never once looked at my phone. So Boom. I was properly trying to understand it. To me, there was no explanation that there was three Arons. So what
1: I think is, you watch the film, and then you can watch it you know, like the analysis, because then you understand where things go. And because when you see the Aaron with the earpiece, mm-hmm. and he's say March Madness, he's listening to some basketball. But then when he comes back and you realise that he's... He's always
0: getting, had the earpiece in and he's not listening to that, he's listening to himself.
1: He's, well, he's listening to the conversation, so he, he understands that he gets a reply with what replied with in the previous time loop. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, it is it's, it's very complicated. It's very hard to understand and, and it's... The thing is, it should be time travel.
0: Yeah, and I completely agree. The only thing I I didn't really like about it, like I don't mind if a film's complicated. Yeah. I don't mind. Like I feel like what made it harder to understand was that, like you said, like you you said you feel like it's very cold. Mm-hmm. That means I found it very hard in any way to connect to these characters. Yeah. I li- apart from them wanting some more money and them playing on the stock market, I couldn't really understand why they were doing anything. I couldn't, as far as I could see, seeing a huge amount of motivation.
1: What the thing? Not is,
0: even they weren't like they didn't really show any passion for anything.
1: That's. I think it generally becomes that that story of greed. Of, of but then they realise that. Again, when Aaron is in the hotel room and he has his mobile phone with him and it rings, mm-hmm. and then we see in another scene just after it that he does it. It's, it is a different phone call from a different time loop, and they realise that they can actually change what's coming to happen in the past. Then we start to see them playing around with it, and I think a lot of it would be it is to do with the ego of the characters of saying, "Can we do this? Can we mess with time? Can we change with?" things are going to happen.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, like, I I get that and I get the characters wanting to do that. They just said it was just, they they were just very flat. Like, I don't mean like, they they were complex in what they wanted and they were complex characters. There's obviously a lot of thought behind that, but how they were physically acted, I found that they didn't emote anything. Um. Everything was just like, oh, yes, we'll do this. Blah, 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 blah. It's
1: filmed with that, very little emotion.
0: It is, but I find that to me, then I find it very hard to then connect to somebody yeah, yeah. because to me, I don't believe people would actually be like that. Like, well, that's fair. Um, to, like that. From how they did the setup, how they worked it all out, I would believe that. I would completely believe that, but. When Aaron finds everything, well, finds everything out. I say that in air quotes because he already knew. Um, and works out what what this could mean. There's only there's like there's no real excitement from him. I think there's only one bit where we actually see them sort of excited, and that was when the stock that they picked the first time around made a load of money. That's it.
1: Yeah.
0: It and he just like okay, like. Aaron's got a family. He didn't give a damn about his family. Like, even before he did this, he didn't really care about his family. Or, like, he didn't really, sort of, mention anything about them. So, I just, yeah, it is. It's played with very little emotion, but because of that, I then find it hard to then get behind anything that the Mm. characters do. It's like, even if it was getting behind them because they want to destroy the world if they have some sort of emotion
1: yeah if, they, if you have a, a motivation and drive towards something i didn't
0: feel like they had any motivation no. drive that's exactly it and yeah i just feel like that that's just that's obviously like what he wanted he wanted to shoot it in that very i find it very clinical
1: absolutely kind of
0: way which i think made it interesting to watch but because of that i yeah it, it just
1: Disconnected.
0: Yeah, it was. It was like when I've said about the kids in Batman. Yeah. Didn't know anything about them. Couldn't care less if they died.
1: Well, I'd say, I mean, I feel a few few more little things from from me is like I kind of love the fact that the time machine, the machines that they make, are sort of put together with duct tape and yeah. with all this sort of stuff because that sort of reminds me of. It's kind of like what the film is. It's made on such a low budget with what they could and what mm-hmm. they can't, and they're telling this incredibly intellectual and engaging, for, for me, sci-fi story without any special effects, mm-hmm. without any sort of budget. It's, it's just good old-fashioned storytelling. Yeah, which is um, really
0: good, really admirable as well to be able to do it without, like you said, any kind of special effects.
1: And that's it. And I, I kind of love all the, the ominous feeling of it all. Like at the beginning when they're all sort of spewing... What, what they're doing and you don't really understand what's happening and you've got Jane Ruth's score in the background it just feels very unnerving and off-putting and I love the atmosphere that it created mm-hmm. throughout it but yeah I really do um, I enjoy this movie so much it's only 76 minutes long it flies by um, sometimes you because you don't understand it because some, some of it you don't understand um, but it's, it's one of those films that sort of deserves the dissection that it's got mm-hmm. because Unlike some other time travels films, you know that probably it's going to hold up.
0: Yeah, it it tries to close all of the loopholes. Yeah, which is really good. You're not going to get any of the back to back to the future loopholes in this. You're going to be able to sort of see it as right. Yeah, the thought of that that's covered, which which is good. And yeah. I'd, I'd recommend people to watch it definitely. Just for me, yeah, like I said it before, I need mm. characters that I can get behind or hate. Yes. And I just felt nothing and, and, towards
1: yeah. these guys. No, and that's, and that's, that's understandable because it is a very cold movie. Um, and the characters, again, they, they, as you said, they're very clinical. And the film is engineered and it feels engineered and it feels sort of like that. But what I kind of like also about it, and I guess it, just for me, some people won't get this, but I like the fact that I am always seem to be chasing the film Mm-hmm. Like, I genuinely don't know what is going to happen next. I, yeah. It's 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 not a formula, it's not anything. So when things are actually happening, then I'm like, it's surprising me. And when something surprised me, my engagement, yeah. my enjoyment, all rises. So therefore, it it just feels sort of new mm-hmm. when you watch it for the first time because it generally there's sort of nothing really like it out there. And yeah... Um, it's, it's definitely not for everybody. Like I wouldn't get my parents to go sit down and watch this film because they'd switch off. I think a lot, like, a lot of people, they'd switch off by the fact that, yes, there's a story, but there isn't a story in in the normal sense. It's told in a very unique little way. I'm
0: totally going to recommend it to my mum because she likes a good nap between films. <laughs> She'd love it. She'd be asleep in the first five minutes.
1: But no, I mean, Primer, Shane Carruth is... Unfortunately, a director that didn't get to make as much, um, well, as many films as he wanted to, but it definitely is worth its place in its sort of little history. And the fact that it's made for seven thousand dollars is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Primer, um, love it. You were sort of on the fence, it seems. Yeah, I'm
0: on the fence. You definitely made it sound worse than what it was. You were okay. like, oh, I'm picking Primer. I can't wait <laughs> for you to see this oh I wonder how you feel about this Uh, and I was like you make
1: me sound so attractive
0: (laughs) that's how he (laughs) sounds. I thought it was going to be what what was that a Nixon one that I nearly killed myself halfway through
1: I know but that's a great film
0: I thought it was going to be another one of those it's like does he want a divorce or something is this how he tells me
1: But no, I think that's two interesting time travel films of how to approach it. And, and how
0: not to approach it.
1: Well, yes. See, I think you're thinking how to approach it is your film and how not to approach it is my film. But no, I'm,
0: I'm thinking how to approach it is your film, but maybe with a bit of heart from my film.
1: That's fair enough. That's fair enough. But that is it for another episode of...
0: His film, Her Movie.
1: Yes. So, let's do some begging. Um... Apple Podcast reviews would be great. Anything you can rate and reviewers tell your friends. Let's try and get a bit more engagement with you guys.
0: Yeah, we do. We need to do that. I need to get back on the social media. Yes. Do some more stuff.
1: We'll be well, and yeah, we'll be back next week, hopefully on the normal Monday on time. See you then. Bye.